Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, where we interview location-independent entrepreneurs that travel the world like a boss by being their own boss. Here's your host, Johnny FD. Hey guys, it's Johnny, and welcome to episode 190 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I'm in Chiang Mai with Tom and Anna from Adventure in You. Welcome, guys. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks for having us, dude. I've been wanting to have you on the podcast for a while now. Oh, really? Yeah, I keep forgetting because I think the last time we hung out before this trip was like a year ago and we went camping. Yeah. Yeah, we went camping up Doi Pui, which is really fantastic here in Thailand. And I can't believe it's been a whole year. And honestly, it's like one of those things where... It just flies by, right? And time almost pauses in Chiang Mai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I feel like I went on all these adventures and I traveled and then I came back. I'm like, oh, everybody's still here. Yeah. But it's not true. You guys have also been away, right? Yeah, we went away. went to Bali, been in Sri Lanka, went to the UK, went to Nepal. And then, yeah, popped back for a month and you happened to be here. The Nomad Conference was at the same time. So, um, yeah, like you said, it feels like it paused and just flew by at the same time. It's weird. (laughs) Isn't this kind of a, a strange life that we live that we can just you know, randomly be like, oh, let's go back to Chiang Mai. And we have friends from around the world that just happen to be here. And it feels kind of like this surreal kind of community. It's it's awesome. Uh, we were actually talking about this the other day. For us, when you're traveling, one of the hardest things about traveling is saying goodbye to like amazing people, right? All the time. Um, but with Chiang Mai, we've really found like a really nice community here. We got we made some really good friends, like lifelong friends. And then the good thing about this place is that like you said, everyone does their own adventures, but you you always seem to end up meeting meeting up again here, which is really, really cool. So yeah, for us, that's like one of the best things about it. I love it. So give us the backstory. How did you yeah. two meet each other and how did you end up here? Cool. I'll let Anna tell the story then. <laughs> well, Tom and I were both traveling um, and we met in Vietnam. I was doing a year trip backpacking by myself and so was Tom. So we met in the sand dunes of Vietnam and it kind of all started from there. We ended up traveling most of Vietnam together, a bit of Thailand and met again in the Philippines and started the travel blog uh, shortly after. So yeah. you were both just randomly traveling and you just bumped into each other and just romance sparked. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we were just doing the typical gap year that everyone was doing. And uh, we met, we hit it off, traveled together for six weeks, went separate ways because um, Anna was heading back to the Philippines and then kind of re- re-met up on the road and then just, yeah, hit it off, I guess. And then it got serious and uh, I got offered a job there in the Philippines. So rather than heading to Australia and do my work and visa there, I was like, okay, I'll stay in the Philippines and work here. All right. Uh, and what was well. that job? Um, I got offered a job in a startup. I was like working in the product team and then within... Four to five months, I was head of their business intelligence department team, which again is one of these weird things about traveling. You just have these opportunities, these doors are open. I never even expected to be working in a startup. I didn't even know where a startup was yeah, before random. I left to travel. Before that, you were a sheep farmer in Wales, right? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I did in Wales. <laughs> no, but like, how like how did you did you have ex- like tech experience or how how did no, this all so work? No, so bit of background about me. I have um I have a degree in aerospace engineering. So I did my degree in aerospace and then I saved up to travel and I left to travel. And my idea was to do all of Asia and then after I run out of money, go to Australia, work for the year. So the typical um, backpacker. T- exactly. Typical backpacker. And I was going to go to Australia and work in a bar. As w- when we met in the Philippines and we started dating again, we were at a party. Someone found out about my co- qualifications and they were like, we're in a new startup. Do you want to come on board? I said, I don't have the qualifications to do this job. 
Um, but they were like, you'll, you'll learn, right? You're a fast learner. And that's exactly what I did. They took me under their wing and then I just learned everything and got involved. And did that startup have anything, anything to do with the aerospace? No. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Um, they purely hired me um, because of my math skills and they were like, okay, I think you'll like product. And I was just excited to get into a new opportunity uh, rather than going to Australia and working in a bar. I thought this will be, I'll be able to learn, you know, new skills, new sets, everything. And then that's really what got me into the whole online world sort of thing that's how i found out about making money online that's how i found out about like you know all this stuff and then six months into that job we both wanted to travel again and at the time anna didn't have that much money saved because she'd just done a master's so we were like well how do we make money on the road and for us the first way into that was travel blogging so i definitely want to ask you guys more about that because you guys have a pretty big travel blog adventure in you.com mm-hmm. but first i want to hear more about anna's story how, how did you get start traveling and like yeah what like what, how did you end up here well um coming from the philippines it's not as easy as most western countries where oh yeah i'm gonna work for a year and have enough money and go in a gap year i knew i always wanted to travel and so i the day i started working i used to be a teacher and then i moved on to become a principal of a school um the day you were i started the principal of a school <laughs> yeah i know right <laughs> That is so random. It seems like such a past life. Um, So it's like one of the biggest party islands in the Philippines. I was the principal of an international school there. And what, like, what ages were these kids? Like, what? Um, It was it was a nursery until seventh grade school. So primary school. So I want you guys listening to think back on the principal of your (laughs) elementary school or your primary school, depending where you're from, and I want you to imagine that person deciding hey let's give this up let's put on a backpack and start traveling the world as a digital nomad yeah i think it's a different comparison but it feels like a past life but you know right now i love my life i love the opportunities that we get um so anyways i started saving up and i knew i wanted to go traveling and once i had enough money it took me about six years six or seven years to save enough money to travel the world you had that plan for six or seven years, and it was just there it was brewing and i've just been saving up and finally i was just like okay this is it let's just go it's now or never if i don't muster enough courage i'm gonna get complacent because i'm in a good job i'm making good money i live in a paradise like island but i decided to give that up and go traveling wow <laughs> that's dedication so everyone who's saving up now for six months or seven months yeah don't complain guys <laughs> yeah seriously like i mean we have it easy you know a lot of people aren't willing to to even literally save up for half a year and in places you know like the US or Australia or many parts of Europe, that's enough. If you, you know, just don't go to the bar for six months, you have enough money to travel. Or if you don't buy that one Louis Vuitton bag, you can buy a plane ticket. And it's really inspiring to hear people like you say, you know what? It doesn't matter if it's going to take me longer. If it's going to take me six times longer, or 10 times longer, it's going to, it's going to be that much more worth it for me. And, and has it been? Yes, oh, 100%. Um, traveling, like what Tom said, has just opened up so many opportunities for us. Um, back then, you know, my goal was just to be able to save and go around the world once. And that's been for four years ago. And we haven't stopped traveling because of our travel blog, because of the online businesses that we've founded along the way. And so if I didn't have the courage to quit that first job, then I would probably still be there. And traveling the world might seem just like a far-fetched dream. I like how you said, 
I just want enough to travel the world once. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because... I, w- I was just going to say, like, sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. what you said about the whole, like, you know, don't buy that Louis Vuitton bag. One of the things Anna's taught me a lot is about patience. I think being from Western cultures, we're not that much patient. We don't sometimes fully understand what we have, right? Like you said about saving for six months to go. Like with me, I saved and was able to travel. But then even when I got to the Philippines and I got off at that startup job, I was making you know, expat wage in the Philippines. And after six months again of working in the Philippines in this startup company, I had enough money to travel for another year, year and a half. Uh, and it wasn't even me saving. It was just because I was, because I was a Western guy going into a third world culture, uh, country, I was automatically put on an expat wage and then had enough money. Uh, the main reason we started our blog was because again, Anna, like even though she'd worked six years, had, had done that one trip and now she wanted to go again she didn't have that privilege of being able to go on expat wage and make five times more, even though she was a lot more qualified than me, um, which is why we got into the you know the online world. And I think that's why, and again, we'll kind of touch on this, I'm sure now throughout this talk, but it took us you know around two years to build our travel blog to where it is now. And at points in that, I struggled to like, I was getting itchy. I was like, why aren't we making money? All this sort of thing. And Anna was just like driven, so driven. She kept me patient. She kept us working. She kept us working 24-7. Now we've got to where we are. I think a lot of people just don't have that patience and drive to keep going and go all the way. I don't know how many travel blogs are out there, but by far the mass majority of people give up on it before they actually ever make even a, a dime from it. Or maybe they may, might make a little bit of money, but not enough to support them full time. And do you think that patience was a key factor in you guys being able to build up your blog as big as it is today and being able to live off of it full time? I think definitely patience, but also it's you being strategic about it. I think the moment, the turning point for us was when we started viewing our blog as a business rather than just a blog what you write on. So as soon as you start viewing it as a business, you become more strategic about your goals. You you know, you envision where you want to get to and you work your way backwards and say, okay, if I want to get to, let's say, make $20,000 a month, how do I reverse engineer that? And you set yourself goals and you make targets for yourself. But definitely patience and it's one of those things. things. Patience and the kind of, um, you're not afraid to learn and and take time learning new skill sets. Like even though we were good at certain things, we had to take we had to take a couple of months where we learned about email marketing, where we learned about funnel marketing. We had to explore and experience with Facebook ads. Now, in those months, we're not making money, but sometimes you have to like not make money for a couple of months to learn new skill sets that you know will benefit your business in the long run. I like it. And actually, this is like a really good point that um, what you said earlier about the internet kind of not caring about where you're, you're from. Everybody's mm-hmm. on a level playing field. Yeah, that's and one I of the best things. Gary Vee talked about that recently saying, this is the the one time in the world where everyone's don't care even, yeah. if you're a Welsh sheep farmer <laughs> or a girl. For the record, yeah. I am not a Welsh sheep farmer. <laughs> I just want to put that out there, just in case people don't know me. <laughs> it's okay. It, 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 it like paints the picture even better. <laughs> or aerospace, you know, degree guy from from Wales. I guess but, yeah. The yeah. farmer thing sounds funnier. Yeah. Uh, previous um, candidate on the Valley TV show. <laughs> <laughs> which if you guys haven't seen is do not watch it <laughs> it's the uh it's what, like the uk version of 
Well, we don't, we don't even know Geordie Shore. We know we know Jersey Shore. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, it's like the worst version of that. Or the best, depending on <laughs> how you look at it. <laughs> I don't want you guys, yeah, how yeah. you guys see it. But yeah, it, they don't care if you're from Zimbabwe, if you're from the Philippines, or you're from Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Everybody has a voice on the internet. And if anything, the smaller your niche or the harder it is, the more people are going to follow. Yeah. Because if you just, you know, taking it easy and you're like, ah, I'm just going to throw something up there, you know, two months later, I hope I'm going to make 20,000 bucks. It's probably not going to work. But if, you, if they see, you know, your journey and your struggle, people are going to follow. Yeah. And um, to add to that, that's one of the things that I love about the internet is we live in such a beautiful age where you can learn about anything that you want to do. And you can watch YouTube videos, Udemy courses, Skillshare. And like half of the skills that Tom and I use and apply in our business now weren't skills that we knew when we were doing our degrees. It has nothing to do with teaching, with aerospace engineering, nothing like that. And you just, you have to be, you don't have to be afraid about learning new things and doing trial and error and what works for your business. Yeah, I I like that. And this is where... We're going to get deeper than just the motivation part of, of a lot of other podcasts. You know, shout out to Gary Vee for big inspiration. But let's actually dive deep in how you actually did it. Like, how long did it take you guys to even start making money from that blog? And how did that, how, how did that kind of first a check come in? Okay. So to give everyone a quick overview of us, we've been blogging for just over two and a half years. Um, at this time, we have over 400,000 page views a month. It's all organic. Uh, and we make over... We make around about $13,000 a month. That's awesome. Um, Congrats doing, on that. Thanks. How, how many unique visitors is that? Um, we, I think it's around yeah, around 350000 Wow. That's so, impressive. Yeah, like, it's, to me, it's, to it's, me, that's way more impressive than the page views. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. We actually don't... We're, we're trying to improve it. We're trying to improve the amount of page views per unique visitor because we notice that's quite low for us. Um, I think it's because we have a lot of travel guide information so they come there they like land on our site find our site get what they need and then leave um so yeah our unique is around 350 to 380,000. um so we've been going for around two and a half years now um we started the blog three months uh before we left to travel and it was like part-time we we just set it up a site and put a couple of articles on it then when we quit our jobs in the philippines to travel we went full-time on it and we actually made our first hundred bucks the first month from from it um that was from an advertising placement and then we made our first 500 bucks i think four months into it so how did you get that that first ad slot like how did did you reach out to them or that was really lucky they reached out to us um but we also had a good friend um a good friend uh, he's he's called will hatton from the broke backpacker who kind of gave us a crash course into ways to make money from it and one of those ways when you're early on is sponsored posts advertised placements and then he kind of mentioned like a couple of agencies that i could pitch uh so i went online found their emails and just pitched them and yeah we got that one organically and then how we made that first 500 dollars was reaching out to those agencies and pitching them for placements okay so we did that in the first four months yeah and were they willing to do that because you had a lot of visitors already or how did that like why did they agree to give you 500 bucks that's a good question um at the- i think it was because tom wouldn't stop emailing them <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's one reason i wouldn't stop and then i think the other reason is we used our story so to kickstart our blog we like everyone needs a backstory right or a story why are they doing this like are they a fitness expert are they uh couple are they whatever their story is it could be anything but we had a pretty unique story you know brit 
Filipino person meeting while traveling, fell in love, this kind of stuff. So to kickstart our blog, we pitched that to all the Filipino um, press companies and got picked up by quite a few very early on. In our first like second month, we got picked up by two of the Filipino companies, uh, press companies, and that rocketed our page views initially. It quickly died down. It was just a spike. But I, that, I'm surprised that it hasn't become some kind of romantic comedy. <laughs> that sounds like the dream of every like young Filipino saying, "Oh, this you know this <laughs> British prince will come." You know, I think save we me. I think we we kind of run away from that brand quickly. We we used it to like launch our site off of, but we never really kind of wanted to be tied to that, which is why we you know jumped off of that. But yeah, to go back, like I said we made about 100 bucks in our first month 400 bucks four months later and then we we were in you know we're in the phase of trying to figure out what the fuck we're doing like what the you know how do we make money from this uh, properly you know how do we scale this how do we we had to learn everything about blogging and uh, that was our journey then we started learning yeah i like it so i'm sure you made some mistakes along the way do you care to share any of those our mistakes uh i guess more on my end again was the patience thing I wasn't very patient, so I was just chasing everything, chasing every shiny ball object. Um, and we were just, yeah, so I was like, okay, we need loads of content. And then we were just producing content for the sake of producing content without, without a clear understanding why. We should have taken more time to learn at the early stage rather than just, I thought like hustle, 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 and we'll make it. But we weren't hustling smart. We should have learned from people who had done it. Like, I wish we had looked at other bloggers that were successful and spent more time reading about how they become successful, really looking at their income reports. Like we've started publishing now, like you publish as well and understanding how they make money. They're so, we're so transparent about it that anybody can look at it and then duplicate. But what we did is we kind of naively didn't really look at people who were successful. We didn't take a course. And I think because of that, we lost like a good year when we were just trying, we were hustling burning ourselves out but we weren't doing it smart you know what's strange is as somebody now who's been doing this for a while i will look at somebody's site and like especially if they share their income reports Mm -hmm. i'm just like this is such good information it's gold why why don't people follow this more i don't know it's people just kind of blur through it i think a lot of people they skim through it they look for the big number and then they give themselves an excuse on why they can't do it right they're like oh you know, Pat Flynn, you know, makes all his money from, um, web, you know, WordPress hosting on Bluehost. I can't do that. And then they just stop. <laughs> they don't even get started. Do you think that now that you've actually been successful with it, when you see other people's income reports, does it seem more like, oh, yeah, I can see how they do that. Maybe that's not, you know, the path that I'm going to go. I want to focus on something else, but I can definitely see how how he does that oh 100 percent. i think income reports now like well we loved them before because it gave us the motivation and one of the reasons why we started publishing them as well is because we recently just started a blogging school and you know you you help a lot of people the purpose of that is just to help people get started blogging and a lot of them get disheartened and they're like oh i don't think i can make money and so we decided to be transparent about how we make money And we got so many messages saying, wow, I didn't know it was possible. And so for us, that was one of our main motivations of why we started um, publishing our income reports. And now when we look at other people's, it gives us ideas on how we can further expand our business, how we can scale it. And it's just, you know, you shouldn't shy away from these numbers just because they look unattainable. Instead, use them as motivation. Be like, yeah, I could work towards that or find another area which you can grow. 
Yeah, so to add add to that point and actually reference you as well, we did exactly that. When we first met you a year and a half ago, we looked at your income reports and we're like, wow, this guy's making, I think at the time your income report was like 20 grand or something. And we read it and we did the mistake of, we looked at the big numbers, we skimmed over it and we're like, oh, we can't do that, right? What we should have done, what we do now is we study the income reports and we're like, okay, he's making a thousand bucks a month from Amazon, right? Okay, that's attainable. So this is what we started doing a year ago, about eight months after the mis- making mistakes, not following people. We then started looking at income reports and going, right, Johnny's making a thousand from Amazon. Let's focus on that and execute that business model first, right? Let's do that first. So we did. We had two free months where we focused on just that. Next, we looked at someone else's income report. Okay, they're making $2,000 from ads. Okay, let's learn about that. Let's execute that. We spent two months and we executed that. So... Now, when we're reading income reports, we look at someone's and we're like, okay, yep, we're covering that business model. Yep, we're covering that. Oh, we're not doing this. So let's focus on that. So if you're a new blogger, I think it's easy to get like overwhelmed, think it's unattainable. I think you just have to be realistic and set the steps up to make it, you know, to make it. Don't try and achieve it all. You're not going to get the 20 grand a month or 13 grand a month in the first two months. It takes time. So execute one revenue stream at the time and focus. That's kind of what we're doing now. I think you actually touched on another kind of big secret is everybody's going to focus on that big number. And a lot of times the the person sharing it is kind of like, well, you know what? I'm so kind of, I've been doing that for so long that I know nobody's going to be able to come in and just compete with it. So Mm -hmm. eh, I'll just share. It's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. But what they're also sharing are the things that they're making a couple hundred bucks a month from or a thousand bucks a month from. That it isn't necessarily a big part of their strategy. They just happen to make that without mm-hmm. probably without that much effort, you know. And that's why you know it's just kind of extra income. But to someone who's starting, who's like, I would love to make three hundred bucks a month for my blog, or I would love to make a thousand dollars a month for my blog. Yeah. If they focused on that part of it, that other the kind of the bigger names aren't focusing on that's kind of an easy way to kind of get in and be like all right this uh, is kind of underserved 100 percent. there's plenty of space for people to make money from amazon or hotel affiliates if, if someone wants to make 300 bucks from their blog if someone like is if there's people listening now that have a blog travel blog fitness blog whatever it is and they're just getting started and they're not making 300 bucks you know think about your audience think about what they want spin up a resources page and put things on that page that will directly help them obviously affiliate with some of the partners that you're referring. And then think about, will my audience benefit more from me recommending Amazon products or will they benefit more from me recommending hotels or whatever it is? And then focus on that strategy first and build that to 300 bucks a month. Yeah. And I'm actually, so I'm looking at Pat Flynn's actually income reports right now. And his his biggest is Bluehost, which is the, the hosting company. And I think a lot of people just see that and they're like, okay, that's what I'm going to do as well. But what a lot of people are looking at is like, oh, this guy's also making $1,000 from AWeber, which is a, a email you know, marketing software um, or or lead pages, which is kind of like a um, sales page builder. I'm willing to bet that if somebody was like, okay, let me forget about Bluehost for a minute. You know, Let me just focus on creating content, teaching people how to build sales pages with lead pages or create an uh, email autoresponder with AWeber. I guarantee you they can just go in and just be like, all right, I'm going to replicate that thousand or 2000 bucks a month. I think the bottom line of blogging is you have to 
know your audience and you have to provide value. So if you know that your audience is the type that are interested in email softwares or building landing pages because you run a digital nomad blog, then it makes sense to build content around that. And so it's just a matter of choosing the one thing that you know A, it's choosing a product that you trust and B, it's really knowing that it can provide value to other people. Yeah, I 100% agree. So let's actually go through your income report for last oh, month. Oh, dear. <laughs> this is exciting because there's a lot of things on here that I don't even do. Ah, you know? cool. And I think it's exciting because I actually think at the end of the day, as long as you have traffic for people that actually like reading your content mm-hmm. and there's, you know, first off, enough people reading it that they actually like your content, they trust you. You can pretty much monetize it any way you want. Yeah. You know, like there's always some way to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, can, you can figure it out. You can learn. You can adapt and you can keep like changing and adding stuff on. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited uh, to break this down. So first, you made last month you guys made $3,281 through display ads. Yeah. Which is something I actually don't even have turned on on my blog. <laughs> can, you, can you guys walk me through how, how you did that? Is that Google AdSense or something else? Yeah. So um, obviously when you when you say Google AdSense, people, I think a lot of the new people in there like, you know, think you can't make money from that. Oh, I, I have Google AdSense on. It makes me two bucks a month or whatever. Well, yeah, that's true when you don't have any traffic. But if you build your traffic up, ads actually do make money. Um, so we're with a company, an ad network called Mediavine. So they're similar to Google AdSense, but they're more tailor fit to bloggers and they give you more revenue share. So they're just, for us, they work better than Google Ads. Some, I think Ads Thrive and there's a couple of others. So anyway, we're with an ad, ad network called Mediavine. You need 25,000 page views a month to get on their, on their platform and then once you get that it's sim it's very simple you just add a javascript code to your website and then they apply the ads themselves so it's just one snippet of code and then they add a bunch of ads you can say actually can you turn this one off can you turn this one off can you do this can you do this and they do it all themselves they take care of it and then they basically sell your inventory so now if someone emails us and they want to buy an ad slot on our website i don't even bother saying oh it's a hundred bucks for this square where i just say yep go to this link it directs them to mediavine and they can purchase different ad space on our website so are people actually buying ads like specifically on your site or like are you in a category like of you know travel blogs or measure uh, blogs both both in answer to that question they buy in ads on our site direct some of them but we're also in a category of adventure travel and then we get you know access to their whole database but yeah if anyone reads that income report you know they'll see um they can go to adventurenew.com slash blogging and see those income reports and if anyone reads it like they'll see you know okay these guys had four hundred thousand page views we made three thousand two hundred dollars give or take um so we're getting we're making around you know 10 bucks or whatever every thousand page views i think it's around that so then you can just do the math right if you have a travel blog that's making thirty thousand, okay you put ads on it you can make 300 250 bucks a month so, so that works. what i like about it is the fact that it's kind of set and forget mm-hmm. right you don't have to be the one going out looking for ads you don't even have to place oh, the that's 100 percent passive like yeah we don't do anything for that anymore i like it and i'm actually trying to mm-hmm. even pull it up i i'm I opened your site and turned off my my uh, ad my ad blogger, <laughs> and I'm just trying to get it to run even. Uh, it depends. I'm so, so, cur- yeah. so it depends what post you're looking at. We actually turn off the ads across maybe 20 percent of our posts. So if we have articles like our our income reports, for example, or um, 
you know, certain articles, uh, affiliate articles, so Amazon affiliate articles, we turn the ads off there because that's not the purpose oh, of the post. Oh, that's actually really smart. Right? Yeah, that's so really posts smart. that we're trying to monetize in different ways or we just don't want them to get in the way of the, you know, experience or whatever, we turn them off. But for posts that we, we don't really think we're making much money on, we turn them on. So that it's actually off on 20% of the articles. That's actually yeah. genius. And mm. that's actually something I literally just started doing with my YouTube videos where the after movie for the Nomad Summit it, it just came out. It, it was such a nice video. And I was like, I don't want someone's experience interrupted by an ad for this. Mm-hmm. And the purpose of that video isn't to, you know, make, you know, a couple of cents from, from the clicks or even, even if it made a hundred bucks a month from the clicks. It's to inspire people to go to the conference, right? It's, yeah. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's to get people to come to the next conference or at least to. Which was awesome, of, by the way. I'm, I'm glad <laughs> went, you enjoyed it. I went to this one this year. It was very good. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and, you know, for people like you, I want you to be able to share that video with your friends or family and be like, this is the conference I went to. This was awesome. I want them to be able to watch that four minute video without interruption and having it be like, that's awesome. Let's all go next year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but during the, you know, 40 minute talks that we're going to be uploading, you know, for those, I'm like, okay, you know what? 20 minutes into it, if there's an ad, great because we can make some money from that we're putting these videos up for free that's a great uh video to monetize mm-hmm. yeah all right so i actually got one of your ads to pop up so <laughs> yeah I, I clicked on cambodia travel tips because i figured that would be a low impact blog because um, for whatever reason cambodia even though it's beautiful it's not that popular yet and i got a coffee ad pop up so, <laughs> so Johnny's been searching for coffee. Yeah. So you, now you guys know my. Well, my that's secret. the thing as well with Mediavine is you don't get paid if someone clicks on your ad. It's paid per impressions. So, which is a great thing. And so we've been with them for over a year now, and every month they keep making us more and more money, and so we're a hundred percent happy with them. Yeah. So another uh, ad for Club Med Worldwide Resort, you know, inclusive resorts just popped up, and I like how it's like relevant. You know, and it's not, they're not annoying. They're not like, you know, they're not in people's way. Yeah. So I actually I, say this yeah. in the income report. I think people, some people find them annoying. I mean, I, I, I hate ads as well, but we turned them on and we looked at our Google ad, uh, Google analytics. And since we turned them on, it didn't affect our average time on page. It didn't affect our bounce rate. So it didn't change our stats at all. It just made us more money. So we're like, okay, I think people are just used to seeing ads. And if you're doing all this free content, like the least, you can do is get some money from ads, right? So again, yeah, if there's new people there and they're thinking, well, how do I get 25,000 views first? You know, take those free months to learn a bit about SEO, produce that content that's going to start to rank, um, put in the foundations first. And then within about six months, you should be in the position where you can look at applying for that sort of network. I like it. And it just keeps growing, which Mm. is great. So So the second category is affiliate income. And last month, you guys made $4,787 from affiliate income. Congratulations mm-hmm. on that. Thanks. So how did that start? What, what was actually the, the first uh, affiliate partnership you guys signed up for? Yeah. Uh, again, I'll pass this to Anna because this hap- we started – so we make, we make around $5,000 now a month through affiliates. Um, our biggest one are hotel affiliates. And we only started that 12 months ago. So we've been blogging two and a half years, but we only started affiliates 12 months ago. That's 
mind-boggling to a lot of people. So we didn't monetize our affiliates the first year and a half. Stupid idea. <laughs> so again, that's that's one of the mistakes we made because we were in the stage of not listening to anyone, not doing courses, just hustle, 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 burn out, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, if you take my course three years ago, I, you, I right? was like, turn on the affiliates. Right? So yeah. that's what I mean, though. If we had got here in Chiang Mai and I don't, yeah, I mean, if we had spent a couple hundred bucks where I haven't just done that bloody course, we would have saved months, dude. Months. So yeah, and then um, a year ago, Anna, Anna was looking at ads, she was looking at the thing, and we launched this thing called Project Passive. So this was Anna's idea, and then, uh, yeah, so we did that. Didn't we? So basically... Um, by that time, we, our blog was running for a year and all our money was being made through advertising and sponsored posts. And that meant that if we didn't pitch people, we wouldn't get projects or we wouldn't get paid. And I started reading about passive income and I was just like, you know what? We need to sort out our p- passive income revenue. So we launched Project Passive, which was the goal was to go from zero, from making zero dollars to $5,000 by the end of the month. That was our goal. And we slowly introduced um, making money through hotel affiliates, Amazon. Um, we launched Mediavine Revenue. Um, we created a bunch of eBooks, which we now sell on the site. And slowly, all these started to build. So month on month, we're now able to uh, receive passive income, which is probably the best thing, right? Yeah, but like I said, we focused on one at a time, right? You know, she launched. We we started this thing we call Project Passive, and we said. Let's make X amount from Amazon. And we spent two months just focusing on Amazon, nothing else. Then we spent two, uh, three months building our eBooks. Then we spent a month like optimizing our ads. So we, we actually went and then focused. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's what really helped our business. And now if you look at our income report, you'll see that sponsored posts make up, I think, around 30% of our revenue, if I'm off the top of my head, about 30% of our revenue. Yeah, and so that's the next section is... Sponsored posts and brand partnerships, $3,965 last month. Yeah. Congrats yeah, on that thanks. as well. So yeah, that makes up about 30% of our revenue. So, so now, if you... what does that actually mean? Like when, like what, what is an example of a sponsored post or a brand partnership? So I think a lot of people are familiar with like Instagram influencers now. So Instagram influencers get paid for an Instagram shot. I mean, sponsor, sponsored post just means that a blogger gets paid to put an article on their site or mention in an, in a post. So that's what sponsored post means. And then brand partnership is a more long-term commitment. It's like we work with Skyscanner for a year and they pay us a retainer to be an ambassador for them. GoPro, you know, there's there's a GoPro family and these are people that are on long-term retainers. I mean, kind of like in the sports industry, right? Where companies pay whatever to work with them for six months. That's where a brand partnership is. So if you have a look at that, that was our only revenue stream a year ago. And we used to make about the same, probably like two to three, $4,000 a month, but it fluctuated like mad. One, one time we would have four, next month we'd have 500 bucks. So... Now, since we focused and did a year on passive income, now now our passive income is about 70% of our revenue. That's locked in. And then sometimes sponsorships up or down. I like that. And you know what's really cool about it is they're not mutually exclusive. No. A lot of people think that you can just focus on one type of monetization, but you're a great example of really diversifying. And I think having these multiple streams of income mm even though it's all from this one blog, mm-hmm. but because there's so many different uh, sources that are paying you, mm-hmm. I'm sure that allows you to rest easier. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. I think everybody can have a blog as well. I mean, there's a lot of people here, drop shipping, Amazon FBA, all this sort of stuff, and that's it's all great. But anybody can have a blog on the side to help build their personal brand or launch more things off of or market their Amazon FBA site more or whatever it is. Um, I just think people are kind of put off by the word sometimes. And if you, anybody can start a blog, it doesn't mean you have to be good at writing. Think about your medium. Are you a writer? Are you a video, you know, videographer? Are you you good at podcasts or whatever? And then focus on that medium and then build it like that. And you can apply the same revenue streams across, you know, these as well. Yeah, I love it. So out of the two of you, who does most of the writing? Like how do you guys divide up the work? Funny enough, I do. Um, I do most of the writing. Um, and Tom handles all the business and tech side. So Tom's the one who deals with all the clients. He closes all the partnership sponsorship deals. And I do all the social media and content writing. Um, in terms of Pinterest, which is a massive um, traffic tool that we use as well, I do most of that. Okay. Yeah, really cool. It's nice that you guys figured out a way to kind of divide everything up. And I think as well, um, working as a couple, um, I don't know if any of you guys work together with your partner in something, but I think division of roles is super important. You have to know who's handling who and trust that the other person's got it. Don't be, don't nag the other person and say, oh, have you done this and done this? So that's what we figured out. And that's been a key to a successful working relationship. Yeah, that's the top tip for any couples. Because especially in the first six months, we were like bickering and stuff because you don't have those defined roles. So you don't really... And I mean, you're still trying to figure out what each of you do as well, right? So if you are a couple again and you listen to this, I mean, take time to think about what part of this business you enjoy and what part you don't. And and then try to like divide and conquer those with your partner. I like that. And I think that... You guys are a great example of a couple that does it really well. I've always been curious, if somebody was going to start, would it be better for them to each individually you know, create their uh, their own blogs and just be 100% responsible? You know, Maybe still help each other out, but really just have two separate blogs? Uh, or do you think it was really beneficial of having it together? Because I'm sure there's some downsides of that as well. Yeah, definitely there's downsides. I think that depends per couple. So I can just speak for us. I don't think it would have worked for us if we did it individual. Um, now we might be able to do it because we've learned a lot more and we like, you know, we understand a lot more about the different skill sets involved and stuff like that. But at the start, we, we don't think we could have done it. I mean, I'm, I'm saying that Anna's like, I think I, I think I, I think I could have crushed it. <laughs> um, so for us, we think it was better going together, learning together, building together. I mean, yes, it has some downsides, of course, but now I think it's for the, you know a lot better. Um, and now, you know, now we're thinking of other new ventures that we can do later on and stuff like that. And we can just launch them off of this platform. Um, so I yeah, it. I think it's different for every couple, but again, if there's a couple out there thinking about blogging together, uh, I would ask, I, I would do that kind of thing first, see if they can both do different jobs. Like if they can complement each other, if they both want to do the right thing and that's the only thing they're good at, then it might be a little better to do different brands. Um, but if one of them is like really into Instagram, the other one's into writing or, or vice versa and stuff, then they can combine. And I think that's better. How long were you two a couple before you started the blog together? Almost one year. 
So that, that's probably also a good idea. You, you know, it might not be a good idea to build up a brand with someone you just oh, start yeah. dating. Oh, yeah. It's very, very stressful, especially because when we were first starting this, we were traveling full time. So we're there scrambling to catch the next bus or the next train, stay in a, you know, in a room, try to work, try to find decent internet. So it is stressful. And I think that's also why we've decided to kind of slow travel. Right now, we enjoy, you know, doing trips in the middle, but also taking our time rather than just keep moving around. So I definitely suggest being in a relationship first. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. don't just stop. No. <laughs> don't just stop. That's a recipe for disaster. So here is a big secret is I can't stand most travel bloggers. <laughs> I, like, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I don't think you're the only one. <laughs> you know, I, I never really considered myself a travel blogger, but I guess... I could be one, you know. I have a blog that's mostly about you travel. You talk about travel, <laughs> and then I was I was on uh, Koh Penyang. I think it was a year or two ago, and they happened to have like a big blog travel bloggers kind of meet up or conference there. So I ended up just meeting a bunch of them, hanging out with them, and it just drove me nuts. I was like, these people are like, they're just like their their lives online look freaking amazing. But in real life, it just didn't reflect. You know, it was like, okay, we, you know, we got to see these 10 countries in the next 10 days so we can get these shots so that we can get a free hotel at these places. And most of them, the ones, at least the ones I met, weren't even making money from their blogs. They were just getting, you know, sponsored trips or press trips or free travel. And they had a great looking Instagram, you know, and they had, you know, it looked really cool on paper, but I can tell they weren't enjoying the travel. They weren't slowing down enough to, you know, catch their breath even. And they were really just doing it for the fame and the kind of like the free the free press. While with you guys, I almost feel like it's the opposite where yesterday when I was like, hey, do you guys want to go for a short hike before we do a podcast? And you're like, yeah, but, you know, why don't we just take the whole day and hike? <laughs> like, Let's go on a four-hour hike. <laughs> um, yeah, we're actually we, – we, it's funny because we call ourselves the worst travel bloggers because we're not constantly glued to our phones. Um, we're not always posting on Instagram or on social media. It's because for us, we love traveling more. And traveling for us was the reason why we started the blog in the first place. We both, you know, we met while traveling. Our lives was changed because of traveling. And so to us, it's always been a priority. And I think we enjoy the entrepreneurial side of travel blogging a lot more than the social media side of it, um, which is why I think we were able to monetize our blog um, after two years, you know, we met a lot of bloggers who've been blogging for X amount of years and they go on all these fantastic press trips, but they can't make money from it. It's because I think we enjoy the business side of the blogging scene a lot more. Yeah, I think we enjoy the business side. Like you said, I think the industry as a whole has a bit of a bad rap. Um, I think it's, I mean, I... <laughs> It's a super competitive industry, right? Travel blogging is super competitive. I mean, everyone wants to be paid 20 grand a month for travel the world and lay on beaches and all this kind of stuff. Um, but it's supply and demand. It's super competitive. So I think the people that, uh, that you met, you said, and you don't really click with all the kind of negative energy and stuff like that. I think they were sold the wrong kind of dream. They, they, they looked at the Instagrams and stuff like that and were like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. And, and they started down that path. And they started getting some free stuff and then they thought money would just come, right? It doesn't. 
It doesn't just come. And I think a lot of them get caught up in this free stuff of just, you know, traveling and then sadly become quite negative about it, which is, which is a real shame because their lives are awesome. When you, when you think about what they're getting to do, you know, travel around these places and stuff like that. Um, but I think a lot of them go bitter because they think they, we actually know this has happened to a couple of people where they've got featured in a couple of magazines and then next thing you know, they think they're the shit and they think that, you know, everything should come to them and they should be getting paid X amount. And it just takes time and takes a lot of work. And I think a lot of travel bloggers maybe aren't willing to put in the work. Yeah. And maybe kind of self-entitlement a little bit. So when you say, you know, you met them and there's a lot of them you don't really like, uh, we're the same because self-entitlement. We spent a lot of our time the first two years working hard. Like, oh, yeah, we were traveling, but we were also working hard to build it. So it's not just easy. You don't just take a couple of Instagram shots, get 10,000 followers and then, you know, make a load of money. It's not like that. Um, but we think it is a dream come true. You know, if you can commit to it and work to it and feel grateful every single day that you're getting to do it, uh, it can be the best. And to us, to add to that, to us, the freedom that travel blogging has given us is just the best thing like for us you know this year even though we based ourselves in Chiang Mai and in Bali for a couple of months we drove a tuk-tuk across Sri Lanka for two weeks you know we I did a hiking trip in Nepal by myself Tom went to the UK and it's being able to do things and through our blog as well we've done some amazing stuff we've gone to South America we went trekking in the Amazon rainforest you know we're getting ready now to go to Everest base camp and so to us the fact that we can travel and earn money at the same time is why we do it it's why we worked hard for the last two years and it to us it makes it worth it I think you guys are doing it right I think this is a really delicate balance of the business side where people just stay home or, you know, work, you know, even if they're in Thailand, they mm-hmm. might just be in Chiang Mai year round working and they're not really traveling. They're not really seeing anything. Um, they're not really getting out, you know, getting out to do anything fun and exciting. Um, or, and, you know, just focusing on the business side. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other side where all they're doing is traveling and they're not really thinking about long term products or long term business. Mm-hmm. So you guys kind of found that sweet spot. So. I really applaud you for that. Ah, oh, thanks. Yeah, I think it, I mean, it didn't just come either. We're still working on it. And this year we want to do a lot more traveling than we do business. Um, I think it all comes down, Any again, anybody listening here is like, they're thinking about being a digital nomad or they already are a digital nomad. And it's a journey, right? Like it's a massive entrepreneurial journey. And with ups, with serious ups and serious downs. Um, but I think the thing we've started doing a lot now is just, practice gratefulness be grateful if you want to be a travel blogger and you want to make good money doing it it's going to take some time so when you get that free trip be really grateful that you got that free trip and it'll keep you motivated and don't expect that free trip yeah and don't expect (laughs) it don't don't just expect that free trip and yeah just just be happy and be grateful for it when it does come so the other thing i like is when you make enough money you don't even have to be on the free trip you can right Go, you know, go on at your leisure. Yeah, and, and that's where we're at now. We're like, we're lucky. But, you know, if we're heading to Bangkok and we're just like, hey, we're not going to pitch a bunch of hotels. Let's just get a nice one more there. Let's not work. <laughs> and let's do that and stuff like that. Um, But again, you have to go through, you go through that stage. You know, some when when we were really tight on cash, we needed a pitch. You know, we needed to, it, it's, it's like an X deal. You exchange your following, you do a load of work for them in exchange for staying there, right? Yeah. Um, 
I actually remember yeah. somebody asking me that once. They're like, Johnny, why why do you pay for hotels? Why don't you just email a bunch of hotels and say, hey, I have this blog. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'll feature you guys. You know, give me a free room. And I thought about it. I was like, at first I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. That sounds awesome. And then I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, mm. I don't want to. You know, I don't want to. First off, I don't want to even spend the time communicating and emailing with them. And also, I don't really care where I stay. Like, I sometimes I like nice places, but if it's just me traveling, like, I'll just stay. Like really anywhere, I don't need a you know fancy five star kind of place. Yeah. I would only really want it if I was like traveling with someone, if I was dating someone, we can enjoy it together. And then I thought, you know what? Maybe I should just date like someone like a travel <laughs> blogger who wants to do that and says, "I'm like, okay, your job <laughs> is to just set us up with free like you know free press trips and and uh, hotels and all that, mm-hmm. and then we can use my brand or or my blog to to you know, get it, like get that for us." Yeah, and at the same time, there's no such thing as free hotel stays. Um, you have to value your time because in return for staying in that hotel, you spend a couple of hours writing an article, a couple of hours editing photos. And, you know, if you value your work as a blogger, you also have to value your time. So sometimes pitching for those stays aren't worth it and your time is better spent growing your actual business rather than just getting free shit. Yeah, exactly. So that's a great idea is... Just kind of putting a monetary value on your time. You know, is it worth fifty bucks an hour? Is it worth a hundred bucks an hour? Is it worth one seventy five? And if it's going to take me four hours to get, you know, two nights free at a hotel, could I have just bought that instead? Yeah, I like that. So I also like that you guys are, you know, exploring into other products now. So you guys have actual travel guides now. You're selling. Are you guys selling those? As like an Amazon Kindle or as a PDF or how does that work? Um, currently, they're only being sold on our site. Um, we're expanding them to Amazon very soon. So they're available in EPUB versions or PDF guides. And so a lot of our content is based around Southeast Asia. And a lot of our readers go to our website and read about things to do in Cambodia or things to do in Copanyang. And so we decided to kind of come up with a product that could meet the market demand. So the market demand was we would get tons of emails saying, hey, can you give us tips on traveling the Philippines, tips on traveling Thailand? And so we decided to launch these ebook guides, which again, just created another passive income revenue stream for us. And so far, it's been good. Yeah, I, yeah. I like it. And I mean, it's cool. Now you guys are six-figure bloggers. You're making over 100000 a year yeah. now. It feels weird. <laughs> it's, it's cool, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It feels. It, it, we're we're really stoked about it. And this year, like, we're hitting the road hard. We're gonna be traveling a lot. Um, we're gonna, you know, go to Everest next month. Uh, trek to Everest Base Camp. Then after that, we're going to Europe. Gonna buy a van and just drive all over Europe and you know live the van life and stuff like that. So yeah, we're really stoked. Really yeah. happy about it. And I'm excited to see you guys in Nepal. Yeah, it's crazy that yeah. we. I think going we're gonna the be time. there pretty much at the exact same time. Mm. I've already committed to going to the Annapurna circuit instead. Um, but you guys are doing Everest Base Camp, yeah. which sounds really cool. And actually, what's really fun is you guys invite your readers along with you. Yeah, we have this thing on our site um, called the Top 50 Adventure Holidays. So we're aiming to go and do all the Top 50 Adventure Holidays in the world. Not just adventures, but adventure holidays. You know, these really cool Epic stuff. Adventures. Yeah, like we said, we drove, um, we drove a tuk-tuk all around Sri Lanka last year for two weeks in a race. Um, we're doing Everest Base Camp now. We have a couple of things lined up in Europe and just really trying to do find those advent, more adventure holiday based. We want less people to do the whole kind of all-inclusive hotel stay and more do this like 
epic adventure holiday sort of thing. So, so now we're doing those. We're partnering with good, the best brands that offer those different holidays. And then we're going to be inviting our readers to join those trips that we do along the way as well. That's cool. So they can actually hang out with you in person for those what, yeah. f- however many days. It, that's and, pretty, and do that's something pretty epic. crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. And do something epic. Like we had this in Sri Lanka last year. Um, I think there was t- 10 teams that did, that did the trip. One of them was us. So there was nine teams and three of them that came from our side to join this and, and you know, do it. Uh, so we got to meet them and travel with them and do this Lanka challenge with them. It's called the Lanka challenge if anyone's interested. And um, and it was awesome. It was really cool. And yeah. They had the best experience. And now when we're in the UK, we're actually meeting up with two of the teams again to do one of the other adventure holidays that we want to do. <laughs> That's fun. I can see this being a big thing. Yeah. Like, it's, we're really excited about it. I mean, because how often can you read somebody's blog and be like, you know what? Let me travel with them. Let me go on these adventures with them. Go on one of the top adventures in the world. Like one of the top adventures in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, really, is it like a, it's a win-win relationship for everyone, you know, because mm. I'm sure you guys have partnerships with the companies that you're going with. So they're getting, you know, um, some publicity. Mm. They're going to get some people signing up. Uh, and you guys got to go on a cool trip. And then your readers got to go on a cool trip with you guys. Yeah. It really is like a win-win situation for everyone. Yeah, with, with us. And they get, we always make sure they get a discounted rate. So with us, it's always the cheapest. And that's uh, the good thing for our readers as well. Yeah, I really like that. Mm. Uh, and so if you, they want to know more about that, they can go to your site, adventureinyou.com. Yeah, adventureinyou.com. I like that. And then you guys also have a blogging school. What is that about? Yeah, well, we started, so I guess similar to you, one of the kind of the gray areas in the whole kind of digital nomad world is a lot of people come into it and they start to preach like, I'll teach you how to be a digital nomad. Oh, I'll teach you these skill sets. But what's their qualifications? Or like, uh, you know, how can they teach you how to do like? Have they actually built a business around it? So we never wanted to enter the scene and be like, we'll teach you how to blog. And then when people look at us, we're only making 500 bucks from blogging, right? We didn't want to do that. So we waited until we had over, we waited until we had over 300,000 views a month. We now have 400,000. We waited until we were making $10,000 a month passively or, you know, every month. And we got to that stage. And then by that point, we had so many people asking us, like, hey, how do you blog? Like, how do you do this? How do you do this? And we thought, right, now we're in a credible, now we're credible. Now we have the authority to launch a blogging school on our blog that helps other people do the same thing. And like I said, we got to where we are in little over two years. We feel like we could have done it a lot faster. So now we're applying the skills that we've learned and kind of we have a set eight-week program that we're going to be launching soon that we wish we had done when we started. And it's, yeah, it's going to be called the blog and fast lane. And it's going to be a course kind of showcasing the things that we learned and the steps that we took to get to where we are now. I love it. I think it's a great idea. Thanks. I think, I think that every single successful you know website or, or business should have something like this where people are like, okay, you guys clearly like our reading our site. You like our products. You like the way we do things. Why not share how we did it? You know, because there's going to people, they're going to look at your site and be like, wow, this looks amazing. There's no way I can do this. You know, the graphics look so good. The photos look so nice. There's so much content on there. The, you know, kind of like the website design itself is great. Yeah, it's really funny you say that because if anyone's in, if anyone joins our group, uh, we have a start a blog and make money group, right? We, we did a post in there and we showed the evolution of our blog over the two and a half years. So now you're saying the graphics look amazing. The photos look amazing. In our group, we posted, uh, we've changed the design of our website five times five times and the first 
three versions were pretty crap. <laughs> so it, it's it's grown, right? And it's it's changed. It's got better over time. Um, so yeah, people might be, like you said, they might look at it and be like, holy cow, I can't do this. I can't get to 400,000. But we did it. We did it in two and a half years and with no prior experience. So you, you, they can. They can do it. And now it's, I wouldn't say easier. I mean, yes, there's competition, but they have people like you. They have people like us. Um, they can get involved. They can have us a mentor in them. And we're more than happy to as well. Like we're excited to do it because we just wish we had that sort of mentor when we got started. And I think a lot of people think, yeah, I'm not going to pay for a course because I can learn everything that I can about affiliate marketing or blogging online. But it's the time of having all the information concise in one place that's in an easy to read format that's in a logical way based on stuff that you've actually implemented. So same with us with the blogging Fastlane course. You know, these are the exact steps that we took. And if we did a course like this before, we would have probably got into where we are now a lot sooner without all the faffing and wasting time writing content that no one ever sees. Man, I wish we took your affiliate course. <laughs> when we, If we met you a year and a half ago and just took that course, I can't imagine how much time it would have saved us. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, I asked you to, to like kind of dive that knife even deeper into the wound yeah or drive it even deeper oh god don't just think about the time that you've wasted think yeah. about the money that you've left on the table that you could oh. have been making during those 12 months oh don't dude don't like i said it's <laughs> uh we only started doing flipping affiliates like a year ago right and now it's making up 70 or 80 percent of our income if we had done your course a year and a half ago started six months sooner but with a lot better kind of knowledge on how to execute and then, yeah, I mean, yeah, hands down that. So, yeah, I mean, we're really excited. So we launched the blogging school on our site as a, as a way to give back. We also want to do more of that. We also want to help people build a side income. We want to help those people that want to travel for longer, you know, actually travel for longer. And then the ones that want to go to a full-time income, they're the ones we want to work with, like, really close later on. Yeah. So that's the plan. I love that. So if you guys want to check out Tom and Anna's blogging school, just go to Adventure in You. Dot com and you can click on blogging school on the top or start a blog slash. or slash blogging. If you want to check out my affiliate course, it's incomeboss.com. And it's it, this has been fun. This has been a, a fun journey. And I think yeah. we're going to continue this uh, in Nepal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hopefully we're not too tired from trekking and we can do something again. But yeah, it's been really fun. Yeah. So what kind of uh kind of like takeaways or tips do you guys have for, for people it doesn't have to have anything necessarily to do with what we talked about today but just mm-hmm. kind of like random things that you can just like throw out there like i you know this is my favorite this this is my favorite this i wish i so would use this your your audience on this is there uh, like is the most of them already digital nomads or are they becoming digital nomads are they like it's a big mixture but there's a lot of people at home right now in the, you know commuting to or from work or listening to this in a cubicle that's like i want to live this life mm-hmm. i want to see how other people have done it and i want to go on that journey okay um yeah i mean there's loads of ways to do this i think you actually mentioned to start build something on the side first before you come out here uh, we started our blog, you know, with when we were both full time as well on the side. And we started hustling on the side. Like you said, you know, a lot of people are just kind of rock up in Chiang Mai or rock up in a digital nomad spot. And they're like, hey, I'm here. And they got no clue what they're going to do or something like that. So, yeah, I guess my advice for those people would be take a look around the digital nomad scene. Think Amazon FBA, drop shipping, blogging. What's my sort of thing that I want to get involved in? Um, start that. 
start that, I would, when they're working a job or working in that cubicle, I would invest in a course or invest in a mentor or something in that space that they can learn from, uh, do that course, learn from it. And then after three, five months of doing, you know, doing that, um, they should have saved enough to be ready to leave. They should have already had the foundations in. Then take that leap. And then when you're there, practice patience, practice gratitude, gratefulness, and start your journey, right? It's not going to happen overnight again, but I think that's a really good way to like launch pad yourself, like launch yourself into this life. For me, I guess it's not being afraid of failures. So if you're not afraid of failing, even though let's say you set up a business and it's not going in the direction where you want it to go, you'll find a pivot, you'll find something else, an opportunity will come. But if you're, if at the very beginning you're like, oh, but what if I fail? If you already have that mindset, then your business will fail. So one of the things is mindset is everything. And if you have a positive mindset, if you're grateful for the things that you have, you know, you'll find different opportunities and always, you know, never think that you're too good to learn new skills. New skills will always be, you know, popping up. You'll find that you'll need to just keep learning. And as an entrepreneur and as a digital nomad, you know, one of the best things about our job is you're able to just keep learning. And I think not a lot of people can say that if you're working a nine to five job, you're always doing the same thing over and over again, right? Yeah, you have set skills that you keep getting better at. But here you're just you just keep broadening what you know. Yeah. And then my last kind of tip for the people that are already living the digital nomad lifestyle in Europe, Chiang Mai, uh, Changu or whatever. And if they're hitting like 500,000, maybe two grand a month, they want to get to that 10 grand a month level. I would say form a mastermind, um, hit up two of your close friends or three of your close friends or three people, you know, uh, if they're not your close friends yet, like that's cool, but just start to foster a relationship with them um, see how you can give value to them. Like don't expect anything back. Just try and help them out and yeah, form that mastermind and make sure you surround yourself with the people that are on that next level. I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. I really appreciate you guys on the show. No, thanks for having us. Yeah. Awesome. Um, how can people get in touch with you guys? Would you guys like to hang out online? Yeah. Well, obviously, if they go to our, um, our website direct, adventureinyou.com, um, we're on Facebook. If they search that or slash adventureinyou.com on Facebook, we're on Instagram. It's actually adventureinyou underscroll. Uh, so it's adventure in underscore you on Instagram because someone got the other name. <laughs> um, but yeah, Instagram and Facebook are pretty big for us. So they can hit us up there. I love it. And yeah. as a bonus question, this is oh, okay. a new thing uh, mm-hmm. on Travel Like a Boss. Just out of curiosity, what do you guys travel with? What, what is what is your situation and your and your luggage carry on? Uh, and what are what's in your bag? Okay, so we're pretty light. Um, I only have a I have a forty liter Osprey bag. Um, so an Osprey backpack. I can't remember the exact brand of my bag, but yeah, forty liter. So I'm quite small. I don't have a lot of stuff in there. I mean, a couple of t shirts, one pair of jeans. I'm very light for the for like summer countries. I just had to buy a load of stuff for going to Nepal. Um, we obviously both have our laptops because we work from them. We just invested in a new camera, which was the... What camera? We got the new Sony Mark II, um, and we love it so far. And then Is we that have, the mirrorless camera? Yeah, and then we have a GoPro camera, which we travel with. And then, yeah, our laptops. We travel very light. Um, I'm not one of those travel bloggers that can remain fashionable. I'm always, yeah. ooh, do the stiffness and see which which one I can wear. Um, so we travel very light. I have a 40-liter bag as well, and we tend to keep to that. Yeah, um, uh, get packing cubes man if anyone's gonna leave like oh, yeah. uh, you've probably mentioned this but 
packing cubes, microfiber towel or something like that. Those two things for me are like awesome. Like packing cubes changed my life. <laughs> yeah, I, plus one of packing cubes as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's uh, it's a no brainer. They're they're cheap, they're light, and they just organize your stuff. Yeah, they just make it so much easier. I love it. Yeah. So thanks again, Tom and Anna, adventureinyou.com. Thank you to all of you who have been listening and sharing this podcast with your friends, leaving these great reviews on the iTunes store and also wherever else you guys listen to podcasts. You guys are the reason why we continue to learn and grow every single week. Thanks again. Yeah, thanks. And I'll see you guys later. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, How to Choose the Perfect Niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.